tonight on Ship Chasing Week 11 Waivers. What's going on with our precious, precious boy, Eno Benjamin, in a main event spotlight with our guys, Jonathan and Chris G. Let's do it. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> This is why I'm hot. Anita Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. <laughs> Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Canarius Tony? You can't handle the heat. He looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. Oh, fellas, I went today. I was running out of my hoodies and pulled out this old Rotoviz one. I mean, this oh, yeah. one is so old school. I guess it's not a hoodie. What would you call this? Just like a pullover? Half zip? Um, quarter zip? Half zip? Quarter zip? Is it a half zip or is it a full zip? No, uh, no half zip. Oh, quarter yeah. zip. Oh, you're like, yeah. uh, you're like a Manning brother right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'll see that. I still, do you guys still watch those? I, I haven't watched it as much. I, I, the guests really killed it for me. I'm like, right. and then I watched the, um, I watched the regular broadcast this last uh, Monday Night Football and like, Man, Aikman is so bad. Like yeah. it's just, uh, yeah. it is hard. It's so bad, right? Am I am I crazy? I mean, he was talking about how much juice Brian Robinson gives the offense. I'm like, guy has the lowest success rate in the league. <laughs> I don't think he gives him much juice, Troy. Yeah, my the way I've been watching Island Games is like Lauren and I will throw a show we're watching on the main TV, and then like I'll put my laptop up on like a coffee table and just have it on mute. And that seems to be my ideal way to watch football, anyways. These days, yeah. uh, don't even just sidestep the commentary altogether. The good, it's awesome. Like I still really, really enjoy the highs of it, but the guests are so they just they don't want to talk football. Like they want to come on and like hang out with the Manning Brothers, which is. I get it. Like, you know, you get a chance to talk to the Manny Brothers. It's kind of cool. But talk about the game, for the love of God. Yeah. And that's, like, that's not just a symptom of that show. That's, like, anything, right? Like, when you have guests on, like, you have to service the guests. Like, you got to be a good interviewer. You got to ask them questions. You got to make it about them. And so you're not going to get to talk about football in those situations unless your guest really wants to talk about football. Well, Peyton Manning, I you know, he's he's a bit like UP. He kind of knows how to kind of move the show along. He kind of understands the flow of things. He'll ask – if he's got a question to ask, and he has, like, clearly a list of questions that he's pre-prepared to ask the guests, he waits until a play has ended. As soon as the ball falls incomplete, he asks – now, let me ask you this. He got, he's got the question ready to go. Eli asks a question whenever it pops in his fucking brain. He doesn't yeah. have any – so the – so the show is sometimes on the rails. He'll start asking the question as this is breaking. Pat, your we're, internet's breaking up again. We're back to it freeze keeps, frame Craig. Freeze frame Craig is back. <laughs> all right. I'm going to close some tabs. Close some tabs. Close out all your, uh, what, what's the, what's the data he's been working with, uh, Gretch? Uh, what are all those sheets he keeps updating for us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I Double can tell you're, and... you're driving in. you know what's the data again you know the the work i do pat i don't really need that spreadsheet uh but it sounds fun for you guys uh how are we doing tonight in the chat uh we got uh all kind yeah people realizing we're losing pat Corain. we missed him it is it is nice to play the hits every now and again yeah i mean we just rolled the (laughs) clip right there that was beautiful exactly slandering everyone meanwhile he can't figure out to get working internet yeah (laughs) 
it's the uh, attack I sent on on Pat's internet so he couldn't do too many Darius Slayton victory laps after he turned one of his fucking four targets into a big touchdown last week. I mean, that was the thesis of the play, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna apologize. <laughs> Go fix your internet. Go fix your internet. This is David Kitchen level here. Go reboot your computer. God damn it. Uh, Gretch, how? I mean, when I saw the Field Yates tweet that the Chiefs had put in a claim for Eno Benjamin, oh, I missed that. I was tilting so hard. Oh my god, I missed that. I, I mean, I figured when the Texans got him, they, I mean, they're high on the list. There was probably other claims. That, that hurts. <laughs> that would have been a lot of fun. It would have been very fun. Although, as uh, Frank put in the that Discord, that would have also meant Rojo getting cut. <laughs> exactly. God, which would have, which is it. good. Yeah, that would have been really good. That would have been perfect. Although, uh, Frank, our guy, more cowbell in the Discord, when we uh, shared the Roto World link that said, report Kansas City put in a claim for Eno Benjamin, Frank said, whew, my Rojo exposure is safe. So uh, <laughs> that uh, really puts things in perspective there. Is my internet better? It's never been bad for me. Well, you've been pretty good the past, I don't know, the, this whole year. Uh, this whole <laughs> no, no, I mean like right fun. now. No, it's no, done. It's bad. it's get out of here. It's bad yeah, again. It's Jesus. Um, um, I was gonna say. Uh, sorry, did you want to keep commenting on that? No, no. I'm just trying to. I can't tell if Pat's about to talk or not, and he's oh, fully right. frozen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I I was gonna say at some point that this was a really interesting usage week. We've all come on a lot and been like all the waiver wires. Bear, not a lot's happening. We don't really know yeah. a lot. This was the most like I tried a little bit of a different style of stealing signals this week for the readers that that, that read it. They they know what I'm talking about, but I don't think I emphasize this enough on in the article because of that. But I got to the like biggest signals and biggest noise section. There are so many notes that could have been like the top signal in a lot of other weeks or like top three or top five. There was like twenty, like fifteen or twenty. So many interesting usage notes. I would say this was the biggest week by far, like bar none, since like week one or week two, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of teams coming out of the week nine buys doing some interesting stuff. A lot of the trade candidates getting interesting usage, you know, in their first or their second game with their new teams, that kind of stuff. A lot of injuries. I mean, we got the Trey McBride thing with Zach Ertz going down. McBride plays a ton. Uh, a lot. There's going to be a lot of stuff that goes under the radar this week. We've been saying like waiting for stuff to happen. But I mean, you just look at like, the top of the running back situation, we haven't had monster snap shares this year. I think the highest all year has been like a 92%, which is very high for a running back. But we got a 96% snap share out of James Conner this week, which you know was along with the you know, Benjamin cut. But that was like a pretty notable thing that Conner wasn't that big of a role. Jonathan Taylor jumps back to a 94% with Jeff yeah. Saturday back. Ken Walker up to 87%. In a negative script, his his routes jumped to 71%, 24 percentage points higher than his previous career high or season high, or I guess career high. So he's like running routes in a negative script, gets all these targets. Uh, and Tony Pollard played an 87% snap share too. Those, that's just like one category. You had four guys being like absolutely elite workhorses. There's so much more than this though. I mean, Pacheco taking over that backfield, Jeff Wilson taking over that backfield. Deontay Foreman started getting routes cleared his season high route share by a ton. Dalvin Cook's at a new season high route share. He continues to get healthier. I mean, just a ton and ton and ton of stuff. That's just running backs. 
Yeah, no, it, it was an interesting week as I did like my sweeps through our teams and, you know, you had interesting stuff at running back. We'll talk about Keontae Ingram. We'll talk about Tristan Ebner. And like you said, tight end. I mean, Paris Campbell was available in about a third of leagues when I did a, a sweep through. I mean, his splits with Matt Ryan are absurd. And we've liked Paris Campbell for, for a long time there too. It's always just been a question of health with him. So yeah, I, I'm with you. This was one of the more like, holy shit, the waiver wire actually has some interesting guys. Yeah. Foster Moreau was available in multiple spots as well. He has a pretty clear runway with Darren Waller out for another, what, three weeks. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm kind of back, Pat. I, I, am I? <laughs> yeah, you said so far. Okay. Fingers crossed. I, it, what I was trying to say before I restarted my computer was that the internet was never bad on my end. So it seemed like it was good for me. Yeah. So Ray, Ray doing a little tech support says, if you could hear us fine, that it means your upload speed is, is struggling. Oh. If your download speed is good. It's my upload speed. All right. I don't know how to fix that, but that is interesting. <laughs> well, it's, good to know. it's good to know. It's good to know. I don't know. I can't we've solved the, we've, we've identified the problem. The next step is yeah. intellectually. That is uh, definitely interesting. The, uh, <laughs> do anything now. Yeah. So uh, Pat, while you were uh, rebooting, Gretch was just saying that this is actually a pretty interesting week, both on the waiver wire and a lot of usage shifts as far as injuries, teams coming out of the bye. Did you feel like this was a particularly interesting week as well coming out of week 10 yeah I, th I think it was an interesting week i guess i wasn't like from waiver wire perspective there wasn't a ton that jumps out to me i mean i guess it was better than the last couple weeks another uh, guy we haven't mentioned yet is probably not available in a ton of spots but uh, waiver wire i agree with you pat but waiver wire specific is uh isaiah mckenzie has been like on and off the waiver wire and we've been like this dude actually needs to get all the routes to to be relevant and he had been Hadn't got over 60% of the routes in any game until week nine. He got to like 65%. And then this week he was at 80%. So now you're finally getting that August thesis where like he was a full-time yeah. slot this week. That's unbelievable. McKenzie was, a one, was one that jumped out to me as well. Yeah. I, was, I wrote him up in the walkthrough. Both him and Dawson Knox. Obviously Knox isn't a waiver wire guy in tight end premium. But like both of those guys, it seems like they're running routes as full-time players now. And and Shakir's getting cut out. So it's uh it's consolidating. At least the yeah. routes are. The a targets lot of teams are still are consolidating. That would be my broad, like high level take on this week. Mm. Was like we've been saying it all year. That's been kind of weird. It's been you know tough to read a lot of this stuff. It's like I feel like a lot of teams coming out of that week nine bye. A lot of teams in general just looking at the home stretch. They're like, this is what we're gonna do the rest of the way. Like we're we're consolidating. Christian Watson gets a ninety one percent route share. Right, like uh, blew away his previous route share. He has a huge yeah. game. That's a that's an easy one, but. Justin Jackson's another name we should talk about. Don't you guys think DeAndre Swift could get well, Rashad, Can down? we talk about Rashad White for a second? I know he's not on a waiver, yeah. but you're, you bring up Christian Watson as available, I think, on two two of our teams in the FFPC. So he is a legit waiver wire guy. You should definitely use the search function on the site, see if he's available. Um, we actually don't have a bid in one of the leagues where he is available. We do not have a bid on him, so we should probably fix that. Um, but we should Rashad White. start looking at waivers before yeah. we go on air, I think, is the takeaway there. What team is I did, that? I did a... Uh, I did a I did a sweep on everything we have, man. <laughs> I, I went back and did a did a double check that we didn't miss Watson anywhere, and we did. Um, but yeah, go after the guy that knows Watson's out there. Sure. Uh, <laughs> no, but let's let's talk Rashad White for a sec because I mean he in shallower leagues, and also I just want to be happy about Rashad White. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Take take it. Take a little. Take a little lap. Okay. Yeah. In Germany, first ever game. First ever game in Germany. 
the crowd is literally singing uh take me home country road there tom brady is like having the happiest moment of his entire season and rashad white breaks open slides you know rojo's running out of bounds you know rojo would have run out of bounds in your no no rashad white he slides he actually does the right thing the, the clock keeps running everybody's high-fiving tom brady's going around helmet to helmet with rashad white there's no way he doesn't start coming out of the bye. that i mean yes with the injury stuff for fournette you would prefer that they have a game next week but like for a rookie to show that and then they go into their bye, like that's also pretty bullish. They're going to install him as a starter out of the bye. Um, Ooh. yeah. And I mean, the fact that Tom Brady I think we need to stop this bit, please, 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 <laughs> stop this bit. please, please, please stop. There's this a bit. reason I didn't put it in audio form. Uh, I mean, the fact that Tom Brady was smiling at Rashad white that's after he comment. had tethered himself to a company that orchestrated the greatest crypto collapse of our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, that's how you know he was in a good mood. <laughs> he literally was smiling ear to ear after losing everything he has in this life. I mean, you know what I mean? How great was that German crowd singing, Take Me Home Country Roads? That was amazing. Mm. It also made go. me realize that, there, that there's two separate John Denver quotes from like classic movies when we were growing up. There's the Dumb and Dumber one where they're like, ah, the Rocky Mountain should have been a little more rock. Yeah, that John Denver's full of shit. And then there's the one from <laughs> yeah. Super Troopers where he's like, sunshine on my goddamn shoulders, John Denver. <laughs> I was thinking of both of these quotes listening to that song and I was like, those are different quotes from two different songs or two different movies. <laughs> so like, Denver, folk hero. So then, so we have... uh Leonard Fournette leave the game uh, with an injury. Hip then pointer. his camp, yeah, hip pointer. Then his camp comes out, says it's not a big deal. Gretch, you were doing a little wind horse on the I timeline. Love, I love about this. Yeah. That. What? yeah what, what's the conspiracy? I mean, we always talk about how Schefter probably gets a lot of this stuff from agents. I don't yeah. think the team has any reason to be announcing he's going to be ready to play. If it's a, I got some pushback and some replies that were like, what if he's just not that hurt? Well, yeah, I mean, sure. But then often it's like, it's not a serious injury is the report on Monday. They got to fly all the way back from Munich, Germany. They haven't started any rehab. They got to buy this week. Who has incentive to say that Fournette's going to be ready to play in two weeks the day after their game? It's Leonard Fournette's camp. It's Leonard Fournette's agent. And they're worried about Rashad White. That's the theory, and I think it's got to be accurate. Wait, did that did that report come out on Monday? Yeah, yeah, it came out like Monday. eleven a.m. my time. Yeah, like, that's, two that's weeks probably pretty in early. the air. That's pretty <laughs> early. For that's what I'm report. saying. It was too yeah. early when they have a buy. Like the, the team hasn't even probably worked on him a ton, other than like on the flight, maybe a little bit. But like they don't know how good he is. His, his agent's like, he's good to go. He's starting. He's ready in two weeks. Don't even start talking about Rashad White. <laughs> that's a uh, yeah. Uh, Jonathan said Germany has good rehab, though. Isn't that where Kobe went to yeah. get his... Yeah, for his uh, knee procedure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. You go to Germany. Uh, hilarious. Um, what uh, what else do we want to get to? So with the whole fallout with Eno, I know a lot of us uh, have Eno. Are you guys cutting him, or is are you cutting Rex Burkhead? Like, what's your, what's your thought on how you think about Eno and the Texans' backfield? I would cut Burkhead first. I, I would cut Burkhead, My, my yeah. thought is uh, uncertainty can be opportunity right so like we it, the ceiling is limited because it's the texans it's already been limited for damian pierce who's played pretty good football but there are paths to you know having a receiving role i think there are paths 
the, I think the ultimate upside for him, the, the probably the likely upside is that he's a pass catcher. He's in the Rex Burkhead role. Like that's an upside scenario. The the like real ultimate upside is they haven't really been able to lean on Burkhead or their other running backs because they're either old or not good, but they might decide that they want to scale back Damian Pierce a little bit in a lost season and not have him run 300 times. Right. And then, Eno actually works into like a 50% share. I mean, I, I think that's a possible without a Pierce injury. I mean, also there's, Pierce injury paths, right? But uh, he could have the I think that's his in. only path. I think his only path is Pierce injury. One of the things that when I was digging into try to figure out like if he would retain a role when Connor came back, I actually came out of that pretty pessimistic due to his pass blocking. He's not a good pass blocker, and Connor's Connor was a much better pass blocker. And my guess is I don't have the numbers in front of me. My guess is any downs that Burkett is in, it's because they trust him as a pass blocker. And Pierce has got so much juice. I mean, you know. I think of him as he's like an Alexander Madison or something like he's totally capable if he's got the full workload, but I don't think he's going to work into anything. I don't think he's going to carve out anything. Yeah. I'm just saying I, like, I if they, if it would not be because he took it from Pierce, I'm saying if they were like intentional about wanting to limit Pierce. And I didn't think Pierce is the only thing they got. I think they're going to, they're going to ride him. They, I, I, I agree with both of you, but the thing is too, right? Like the waiver wire is so barren that these guys who are the guy behind the guy are very valuable and should be rostered in pretty much every league. It's why we're interested yeah, in yeah, Keontae yeah. Ingram yes. now behind him. Yeah. And it, so that the reason I ask is because if we do think Eno has a lock on that number two over Burkhead, like if Damian Pierce goes down, he's operating in a workhorse role. It's the reason why we're still intrigued by Zamir White. Right, because right. like Josh Jacobs right. has such a big role. If he goes, but I don't down, think like we know that he has a lock value. on it. I don't think we know right. anything about you know what we know is. I mean, I, I guess what we do know is that Rex Burkhead is pretty old and has not actually been that great this year. He's been stable throughout most of his career, but like he's getting up there, and they have like no one else. They have Daria Gumbawale. Like they're not like there's not a lot of competition for the number two role. Is the way that you put it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I mean, he's Zamir White. I think is pre- basically a perfect comp. Like you're probably gonna not like stylistically or whatever, but just in terms of like you, he should be on a roster. If he's on your roster, he will most likely do nothing for you. <laughs> but he could under is a pure contingency play um, work out. But I think like like Zamir White, like watching him back, trying to get him back the next week if you do it, like. I'm losing you again, Pat. Oh, man. Um, uh, Gretch, what about Ebner? So we have Khalil Herbert going on IR for at least four weeks. We know this coaching staff likes him. He hasn't been great this year. I think I saw, what, 2.6 yards per carry so far this season. What is your thoughts on Ebner as the next man up behind Montgomery? I would be intrigued in ta- uh, Pat's thoughts on this because I, I, I don't know a ton about him. I thought of him as like a receiver, but I felt like when we talked with, about him with Pat earlier this year with some of the prospect stuff, it was more like he's a Darrington Evans type, like he's an explosive change of pace runner, but not actually a great receiver necessarily. I mean, I think he's a pure handcuff, basically. Yeah. Um, I guess the thought with Ebner, like unlike, say, Eno going behind Damian Pierce, we know Damian Pierce is the guy for the Texans. There has been, you know, shades of doubt as far as how the team feels about David Montgomery and how much work they've been giving Khalil Herbert. And so then does that doubt extend so much so that they're using Ebner in, say, a 30% role? Or is it just like, no, we don't trust Ebner. We're going to go back to giving David Montgomery like full bell cow usage. 
I think they'll probably I think give it, Montgomery a lock. I think they were using Herbert because he was performing well. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be Belkow Montgomery. They bo- both both the running backs in Chicago have been playing well. Sorry, go ahead, Pat. No, I I agree with you. I mean, Montgomery has actually been okay on receiving downs and in a receiving role. So what you want, like Herbert was kind of perfect because he was pushing him out. He's rushing so well. He's consistent. He's just he's just like a really solid, effective runner. Montgomery's not that effective. Montgomery breaks tackles and he gets tackled by the next guy there. He doesn't really add anything as a rusher. So, I mean, he he's like he really should be like kind of a big third down back. That's like his his best usage at, at the uh, in the offense. And then. They, sh- they should have been riding Herbert, I think, is like the clear two-down rusher. Um, and the, the thing about Herbert is he doesn't open up that many snaps. He had a really high share of team attempts because like they bring him in specifically for rushes. So there's not like that much playing you can get here. We lost you again, Pat. Let's let's take Terp's suggestion. Let's try resetting the router. <laughs> <laughs> we were really playing the hits tonight. It's fantastic. I'm enjoying yeah. it. Um, you have more patience for it than me. Um, <laughs> you don't seem to be enjoying it very much. No. Well, and as, as just mentioned, it is ironic that Darrington Evans is on the, uh, uh on the bears as well. Um, it, it, it's weird though, too. Like Gretch, how do you think about the running back production with fields taking off? Because neither of those running backs have had big games when fields has been having historic rushing days. Does it just, is that just logical in that Fields is getting all of the yardage well, and there's just not enough to go around? I haven't dug into the design run numbers to give you like stats on it, but he's clearly getting more design runs. I mean, that was the issue in the first few weeks. There was a lot of people mentioning he wasn't getting a lot of design runs over the first month, four or five weeks. They started doing it. I think in the New England game is where we started to see some designed carries and not just scrambles. Last week, first play of the game was a design QB sweep, like just straight up, and he got like 20 yards. And then a couple plays later, he scrambled. Then a couple plays after that, he, he ran. He had like 45 rushing yards on the first drive, in the first five plays. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, if they're going to call design runs now and he's going to be run for 150 yards, it's going to negatively impact things a little bit. It, I mean, you said it like with the historic rushing day thing, and the way that I'm thinking of that is like, he can't keep hitting for 60-yard touchdown runs, right? It's just absurd what he's been doing. At a certain point, like, I mean, his, his rushing is super valuable. At a certain point, those plays are not going to – like, what those plays are doing is, like, ending drives and taking plays away from any other player potentially touching the ball. When you run for 178 yards, 147 yards the last two weeks, like, that's not allowing for a lot of additional opportunities. Three right. rushing TDs. At a certain point, like that's gonna have to like regress to put it in yeah. a weird like he, he's still gonna rush well, but the running backs will be able to play off that. We know the Russian quarterbacks help the running backs actually quite a bit. So I think it's I think it's a net positive for the running backs, probably. Yeah, he's, I mean, this this dynamic and this dangerous, they're gonna have to like defend the edge, right? Right. Mookie referencing uh, David Montgomery uh missing practice today. It was for personal reasons, so I don't think there's any cause for concern of him actually missing this week but like even if there is i guess like a sliver of a chance um it does make me even a little bit more interested in ebner i think you have some interesting outs with ebner um just in that they had been moving away from montgomery a little bit 
this organization likes Ebner. You know, they drafted him. They inherited Montgomery. I don't know. There's just some interesting outs, I think, for Ebner, this offense really taken off. The other one, as we're talking about the field's impact, like there's been, I mentioned, like I think they might go heavy Montgomery because Montgomery's been running well and Herbert's been running well. They've both been running well. There's probably a case that both those guys look so good in some of the like advanced running, rushing metrics because of fields and stuff that's not necessarily quantifiable, but it's like a system-based thing, right? Like we've had years where like all of the Browns running backs, I remember last year, all three of their running backs looked like incredible. You're like, yeah, I mean, the Browns probably just have a good rushing attack. Like whatever it is that's breaking these like rush yards over expected models, it's the offensive line, it's the scheme, it's something. Niners running backs have had that. Ravens running backs have had that. It might be the case that Ebner is just coming into a system where it doesn't matter how good he is, he's going to look better than he should look, right? And that might be part of what's been dragging up or elevating Montgomery and and uh, Herbert so far. So he's got outs in that sense too. That like he might be in would a you, really good rushing situation that we don't like fully understand quite yet. Who would you rather have on waivers this week, Keontae Ingram or Ebner? I've been going Ingram because I feel like it's a more direct path. He showed a little bit of burst. They cut Eno. Daryl Williams is on IR right now. Like. That's an offense that we know produces running back points. We know Connor has a hard time staying healthy. If they're going to give Connor 90% of the snaps, like that's great for Connor, but it's also like weirdly good for his backup in the sense that like he might not hold up to that, right? Like it, it, it might increase the, op, the the potential for an injury or a, a ding or whatever. Um, I think I'm with you. I think it's close. I think Ebner's probably more interesting short term, but with Herbert eventually coming back, I don't think there's any reason to believe he won't. Whereas things have just massively cleared out for Keontae Ingram right now, unless there's a Corey Clement or Tyson Williams truth out there. I mean, like if James Conner goes down like Keontae Ingram, he's, he's probably the dude like fully. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And they, they seem to seem to like him. I mean, they use him a decent amount alongside, I mean, not a lot, but they use him alongside, you know, when, when he was there, he had that one game where he had the TD and made a nice play in the passing game. I just pulled it up. I guess that's the only game he's really played much, but he had 20 snaps in that game and looked, uh, okay. My, my watch just thought I said John wick apparently. Cause I just got John. Wick <laughs> um, let's talk, uh, or, uh, Pat, you're back real quick. I just asked Gretch this, uh, Keontae Ingram or Ebner. Who do you prefer? Uh, I think Ingram. Because I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I mean, think both are contingency plays, um, and I just feel more confident that there's like value in that Arizona backfield. Yeah, that's what we were just talking through there. Um, there just really is basically no roadblocks for Ingram where you can, I think, you know, come up with a couple um, with Herbert coming back, um, just long term. But both should definitely be picked up this week. Uh, sticking in. Arizona, where are you guys at on Trey McBride? Things obviously clearing out for him. Was Zach Ertz done for the year? He was on the field a ton after Ertz left, although hasn't commanded targets in a way that, say, another rookie tight end golden boy named Greg Dolchich has commanded targets. Like, uh, where, where are we at on what we think he could do rest of season? The thesis is exactly if you were in on McBride, you have to be in. Um, this is exactly what you would have hoped to see. He he ran 82% of the routes, played like 91% of the snaps. Ertz is now out for the year. Ertz has been getting targeted a ton. I don't think – I mean, 
as far as like commanding targets, I, I've been joking and sending signals all year. Zach Ertz literally just runs like five yards and turns around and gets the check down mm-hmm. targets constantly. I don't I mean there's probably something to that from his veteran savvy or whatever that he understands where to stop in the zones and shows himself well to the to the QB or something. I don't know. It's maybe because he's so motionless that makes it an easier target. I don't know what it is. I think there is but, stuff like that. Like you kind of you do like your thing so he knows you're gonna break. Like there's little signals and everything there's probably little things so i I, this is uh, this is a real take i'm I'm obviously making fun of hers but it's a real take i don't think mcbride can step into like the amount of tight end targets that Ertz has been getting and i think we saw that when he ran 80 percent of the target uh routes and didn't do anything in this game and rondo moore saw his numbers skyrocket and um well not necessarily skyrocket he's been getting targeted a lot but him and deandre hopkins both got a ton of targets underneath from mccoy but i do think that is relevant that Ertz has been getting that much work in this offense as a big part of the offense so far obviously Moore hasn't been in the offense the whole year Hopkins hasn't been in the offense all year Ertz hasn't been hitting as hard since they both have been but there's opportunity he's gonna run a ton of routes there's not a ton of you know Robbie Anderson's not doing anything right now Marquise Brown is hurt if you were in on McBride the prospect you're now like he just ran 80 percent of the routes he's probably gonna play a good amount they're actually going to game plan with him as part of the, you know, first team and practicing and being a, being available, you know, through the whole week as the guy that's going to be the starter. I mean, if you're, and then Pete, you were talking about it all draft season, but Arizona's really soft playoff schedule. This is a really nice way to get exposure to the Cardinals. I have some good teams where I don't have any Cardinals. And I was like, I want to go heavy on McBride because like they're going to score points in the fantasy playoffs. And I want a piece of that. The one thing I will say, and I, I do completely agree with all that, and I think people should be going uh, heavy after McBride, though, is we haven't seen this offense <coughs> with the tight end, DeAndre Hopkins, and Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown designated to return. Cliff Kingsbury said he might even play Monday. It looks like next week more likely. I am curious to see what kind of targets are available. We have a Rondell Moore breakout. Marquise Brown was the wide receiver eight on the season through the first six weeks. DeAndre Hopkins is a target hog. Like, I do wonder what kind of targets are even available for Trey McBride if all of those guys are back in the offense. Yeah, but I, I agree with Ben. I think I think McBride's like the pickup of the week in tight end premium. Yeah, um, he's yeah he, he hasn't drawn – Sorry, is the internet cut? Oh, I said, yeah, he's a top guy, the top guy for me. Sorry, no, no, you, you're not cutting out or anything. I was like, agreeing. anytime we'll you guys you talk know. when I'm talking, I'm like, oh god, the internet's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, but I think uh, I think he's probably the pick up the weekend. Um, the fact that Ertz, like, he, to your point, Ertz is clearing intermediate and check down targets, and there's also, I think, you know, the chance that. McBride will see more targets just naturally is like he's now in that number one tight end role. So they're calling plays where the tight end is an early read in that progression and he'll get targets. Whereas like the secondary tight end, it's like, yeah, he hasn't commanded targets as a secondary tight end, but that just means they haven't had a package installed that's designed to get him the ball basically. So that's like maybe not the best sign, but I don't think it's like a terrible, terrible sign either. And certainly some that given that he played 80% of the routes last week, I'm like not that worried about that now. So yeah, I think he's, He's a pretty strong pickup. Like, yeah, I definitely think the target competition stuff is a concern, but he was a good prospect. He was, I thought he was a slightly better prospect than Dulcich. I just, I thought for like price adjusted, yeah. Dulcich was an, an insane value. So 
that's like why I was so hyped on Dulcich because I thought they were like neck and neck and people, the general consensus was it's like it's McBride, then like Jelani Woods, then like ignore, 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 then Dulcich in, in the last round of your rookie drafts and stuff. So uh, what, do you, what but, do you think Trey McBride's like true ceiling is rest of the season? Is it what Dulcich is doing right now? No, he's he's not. So Dulcich is basically like a deep threat. He has like a, a 13 something a dot. He's the second highest a dot in the league at tight end after Pitts. Uh, so they're just like very different types of players. I think like he could he can be like a Dalton Schultz type though. Like that's kind of who he is. He's he's not like a super exciting type of player, but you know he's a guy. He's running this a lot. Yeah, he's he's doing this this route a bunch, you know. But like sometimes that you know if he's open underneath after the the guys in open downfield, like that can generate targets. So and I actually think from like a, a tight end premium perspective, you know, a Dalton Schultz, a guy who could be Dalton Schultz is. It's a pretty high upside guy. Well, in, in regular PPR leagues, Zach Ertz was the tight end three on the year. And he basically, I don't think he had like cleared 15 PPR points in one game. He was just giving you like 10 to 15 points yeah. every single week. And if McBride has any more yards after the catch juice and can even give you like 80% of what Ertz was earning target wise, like, yeah, that's really interesting for exactly. the tight end premium. Right. Um. All right, we're going to have our guys, uh, Chris G and Jonathan, hop on. Feel free to hop on uh, whenever, fellas. Uh, I'm trying to think if there were other any interesting situations. I, let's talk a little bit about the wide receivers, Christian Watson, Paris Campbell, those guys floating around in some leagues. I mean, how heavy are you guys wanting to go on them, uh, depending on your team needs? I mean, I like Watson almost as much as McBride, maybe – Maybe more, although the, the two leagues that we have uh, that he's available in, we like desperately need a tight end. So it's not really uh, like, a, you know, we can't have the discussion there. But I think if I had money and both were available, I'd be going maybe hardest after Watson. Yeah. Where yeah, I'm, I'm talking to Leone about our NFC team. Sorry. <laughs> I don't have any great comments on that. Um. Yeah, we're scratching and crawling clawing our way through some bids in our 10k Watson, league. yeah i mean watson I, I is 2.22 it... yards per route run this year which is elite he ran around yeah. on 91 percent of dropbacks last week um like i don't know i think he's i think he's pretty interesting yeah yeah i mean he he's the exact kind of guy that you're wanting to take stabs on right like it, it, he gives me shades of what would it have been like chase claypool rookie year like fast finish like that kind of vibe you know where it might be a little sporadic or volatile but the the ceiling case is just so obvious or like maybe a terry mclaurin in his rookie year you know like he's a true deep threat uh his actually his a dot is only 11.5 but i think he gets used on screens a lot yeah okay on non-screens his a dot is 17.8 so yeah right but for a deep threat like I know drops don't matter, but and he just scored three touchdowns, but he can't catch. <laughs> yeah, but so what? And he got the ball off his forearms, like, and then the other deep, the other deep shot. Rogers was mad at him, but they kept throwing to him because uh, he like slowed his route down and then like didn't really die for him. Rogers like, if you just keep running, that's a TD. But they they kept taking shots to him. I I, I did have like mild concern about the fact that I mean he catches four of eight targets for 107 yards. That right there is a good deep threat game. It's not amazing. It's a it's a strong game. The usage is strong, and he looked good doing it. But I do think the three TDs element is 
you know, is elevating sort of our overall excitement. On the flip side is like any rookie who does this, we should probably buy into when he has draft capital and he gets used yeah. like this and he scores three touchdowns. Also, he's and, popping in yards per route run, which doesn't have the TDs and his weighted targets per route run basically matches the exact. He's like exactly in line with what you'd expect. Also, yeah, it's fun. week 11. And if you're not spending your fab now, right, what the right. fuck are you just, doing? just take some <laughs> shots on, on Christian. Ones. Yeah. Let's uh, go. All right. Up, guys. From G-Unit, it is, of course, Chris G. We got Jonathan, a.k.a. RKFD, also doing great stuff with us over at Fantasy Life, two legends of the Deposit Kingdom Discord, two guys we had a blast drafting with in Vegas. How are you guys doing? Living the dream, bro. Living the dream. Absolutely. I don't think I've ever seen Chris. I, I, is this the first stream we've done with you? That's correct, man. It's correct. I try to be like a recluse, but uh, I'm popping my cherry tonight. Hey guys, we got the gauntlet <laughs> trophy behind you there too, oh, yeah. right? Look at that. Chris right. took down the gauntlet. That was oh, that was a Tampa sick. Bay onslaught team, right? Tampa Bay, Cleveland, Kansas City. Yeah. And you're uh trying to defend that crown, right? Or is it two years removed? Two years removed. Two years yeah. removed. There you go. And uh Jonathan, you just seem to have a thermostat behind you. No gauntlet trophy. No, can't nothing that exciting here. <laughs> any, any story like behind that start. thermostat or just uh just a... <laughs> yeah uh yeah you know i don't like to freeze i'm in northern illinois it's like 35 degrees here so uh, climate control is important <laughs> there you guys go uh so we drafted a team with these guys live in vegas and i'll pull up the team now we are sitting at six and four while i pull this up why don't you guys tell me chris how, how are we feeling about this squad right now Love the running backs, hate the wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell we'll pull up the draft board in a second, but but tell people about how this went because we had a very heavy Carolina investment that was looking extremely shaky there for a little bit. Yeah, I mean we went yeah. to classic hero RB on this on this team. So we got one or two took CMC, wanted AJB in uh, round two and he was taking a couple of picks before us, so yeah, you we took DJ Moore, loaded up on Carolina, but it's broken all right for us now with uh, McCaffrey on the 49ers. So I don't know, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think this team is well, struggling a little bit with uh, with injuries, but if we can sneak in, at, like how things are breaking for a lot of our guys. Yeah, Chris. before uh, jumping on, I uh, was looking at the round three for everybody in that uh, draft board, and I'm like, who's the guy that you want in the round in the third round? The only guy I could think of was like Mike Evans or Jalen Waddle. The rest of the guys have been subpar or injured or not putting up enough points, in my opinion. Like well, we were had a discussion in the second round about right. Javante versus DJ Moore because our the three picks before us went AJ Brown, T. Higgins, and Tyreek Hill, I think, and something to that yeah. effect. And it was just <clears throat> awful for us. Well, the other one was Debo. We were we were debating Javante Debo. We went DJ Moore thinking we would break that tie on the way back. And the guy at the turn took Javante and Debo. And then who did we take? Michael Pittman. Pittman. Michael Pittman. We got out of that oh, with DJ Moore, Michael Pittman. But it's not, I mean, Javante got hurt and it's not like Debo smashing. So like, you're right. There wasn't, I mean, it was a very, uh, a very wide receiver heavy second round before we got a, a chance to get up there. And this is a different environment than we used to be in in Vegas, man. To to not have Tyreek or AJ Brown come back when both those guys were regularly available in best ball at the, you know, at, yeah. at the uh, when we're drafting online all summer, Javante was like a mid second 
like maybe 208, 209. To get him at 212 was probably pretty unique. I don't I bet there wasn't a ton of Taylor Javante teams. Maybe there were, but God. our buddy uh Ray just kept sniping us every every time. How's Ray's team ball. doing? Not great. They're six and four just like us. Everyone <laughs> is six and four in this league. We just cannibalized <laughs> each other. We just league. ruined each other's draft. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. You get the that. Uh, so you guys were saying on the stream last week with Crack Rock that everyone in the league had the same record. I think we've got seven teams in our league that are six and four. Is that common? It is my first year in the PC mid event. So is that common? It's common or, uh, this year. For I don't this think year. it's common okay. generally. <coughs> this year has been kind of strange that way. Yeah. And we, we said this was going to happen. I, I mean, to, to like pat ourselves on the back a little after like four or five weeks, we're like the teams that are winning right now are not going to hold on. And some of the teams that are struggling are good teams. And we've seen that. We've seen like, you know, a, a crunch in the middle. Yeah. And it is like, so this team specifically, our G unit team. So there's all these teams at six and four, but there's multiple teams over 1400 points. And we're, we're down here at 1268. So like our only path to getting in is records. So that's been our thing. We have been deep in the weeds, both with kicker, with defense, all this stuff to make sure like our only out is just to get wins right now and it feels so frustrating to have a team you know with with Jalen Hurts on it and CMC now and to be fighting for our lives but I feel like that's just the case across so many leagues right now there's parity uh across all of them yeah it would have been great to get a wide receiver one it would have been great to get AJ Brown or Tyree Gill right like DJ Moore hasn't played like a wide receiver one Michael Pittman's had some games for sure but has not really played like a wide receiver one we go wide receiver wide receiver at the two three turn and then we hit it three you know five what more were times we supposed to do six rounds <laughs> like, oh you're just right, draft right? what were we supposed to do there was no one left I, I'm, I guess I'm we could have taken Tyler Lockett over Trailer Burks in the eighth like <laughs> 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 I, I meant at the two three turn yeah. like there I was, mean there were look no at the third answer. round right I mean, who's out there that you want in the third round? Mike Evans, maybe. Honestly, I I, I wish we would. Allen Robinson went at three six. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, ARSB and uh, Jalen Waddle would have been the picks there. I think they were yeah. so yeah. far ahead of ADP that you know, that's yeah. all hindsight. So Waddle would have been fun. Did... I feel like that we might have if someone had floated that we might have done it. it, it hey, at least we didn't really... take Darren Waller, right? We He's took Waddle him. at like 308 sometimes, so I don't know yeah. if Waddle at 302 would have been completely off our None of us were big Pittman guys. I think that this is our only Pittman share. Yeah. So it, I was crying really- a little bit, but we I just drowned myself in more coronas when we took before we took Pittman. <laughs> it is it is really tough. Like this was a super tough league. You see Gabe Davis go in the third. You see Dalton Schultz go in the third. These are like ADPs that aren't happening elsewhere. On the other hand, it's really hard. Like all of us, and I know Jonathan and Chris do a ton of best ball drafts. Like it's hard not to get anchored to ADP just a little bit and to not feel gross being like, yeah, we have our guys. Like there's guys in the fourth, fifth round we like, but like to take them at three, two, like it just feels really, really bad. One thing I'll say uh, on the Pittman thing, it hasn't really helped us so far, but last week, first read target on 33% of his routes. New coaching staff, they they totally rode Jonathan Taylor. I wonder if the – like maybe the, maybe Jeff Saturday sitting at home is like they're not using Pittman enough and they're not using Taylor enough. He comes in and they just like getting the ball to those two guys. I'm actually a, a little more bullish on Pittman. Like I know people are psyched about picking up Paris Campbell again, but I think maybe Pittman – has a chance to emerge as a as a number one now. Yeah, I mean, really I, 
I would take him over a lot of these dudes in the third round right now. Like, I was never particularly high on him for, for a lot of the reasons you just said. What were you going to say, Jonathan? Yeah, just if you look at all those receivers in rounds you know, <laughs> two through nine there, really, obviously, other than Bateman, who's out for the year, I think you can make a pretty strong case that all of those guys are going to have a better second half of the year than, than first half of the year. So I assume Judy can come back from, you know, from injury here pretty well. So, again, I, I'm fairly optimistic that, that you know, those receivers can kind of pull it together, which we haven't you know, really had thus far. And then maybe this team can, can make a little run, but we got to get in first. So we got to win the next two weeks to, yeah, to make it. Well, we the, spent like $80 run. on a defense, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, what time is it? Winter, uh, we should up the bid, right? That's right. Yeah, we uh, in this league, we went hard after the Patriots defense who are available again with that same thesis. Like I know I know Pat had sticker shock with it, but it is like our only path to the playoffs is wins. And so when that's the case, you got to optimize every yeah. single starting lineup spot. I literally I saw the bid was like I literally because I'm just looking the bids typing like, holy shit. And then I was like, oh, wait, we're probably just paying for the win this week. That makes sense. OK, I'm in. <laughs> but it is sticker shock was was real. Uh, Chris, what are, what are your thoughts on right now? You know, we're starting, you know, Devonta, DJ Moore, Pickens, and uh, Pittman. But, like, these two rookies that we have, Traylon Burks, George Pickens, lots of optimism early on, faded because of injuries, other stuff. Now we entered another stage of optimism, Burks back, Claypool gone, and yet this past week, we didn't really get rolling. Do you still have faith that that Burks and Pickens can be, you know, league winners down the stretch? I'm a little more optimistic about Pickens just because they traded Claypool and his target share should increase. And he's apparently getting the Claypool rushing work now at the goal line. So it's another avenue for him to get some spike week TDs. Uh, Traylon Burks was interesting too. Pat, if I'm correct or not, didn't he have a high, really high target share, even though, Nick Westbrook Akine had the two long bombs. I could I can't remember. Was his target? It wasn't share really up? high, but it was higher than you might think for his first game back. He had a fifteen percent target share last week. Uh ran around on seventy six percent of dropbacks, which matched uh Nick Westbrook Akine. So I mean he was involved yeah, more, in a in a pretty good way for a guy in his first game back from Turkto. Yeah, I'm more optimistic about Pickens. I just think they got a shot there and they, the Pittsburgh Steelers always try to be competitive, so Let's hope. Uh, Pickens and Burks definitely two good guys to have right now. Absolutely. Jonathan, what do you think about this matchup this week? This is the first time pulling it up. Um, apparently, we're rooting for nine feet of snow in Buffalo. They have some studs here, but they're also playing oh, DPJ, God. also playing it's DeAndre Carter. Barkley too. How how we feel it here? Uh, not not great. I haven't looked at this yet. So thanks, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel good at all. That's terrible. CD yeah, Lamb and Dalton Schultz had, you know, <laughs> better roles last week. Well, what we need, it's pretty clear, right? We need the Cowboys to implode. Uh, he's rolling out, he's rolling out three Cowboys, and we need our Hurts to Devonta Smith stack to go to go nuclear here. That I feel okay about. Yeah, it worked for the, us uh, last week, right? Birthday narrative. Yep. This oh, he's starting DeAndre Carter. It gets a little easier. Tony Pollard. Yeah. Okay, we need Zeke. Come on, Zeke. You're healthy, dude. Baby. I'll tell you You're right. Healthy. Like our bye week luck against this team is like brutal. Like he, 
he has all of his dust balls on the bench. Like he, we're we're getting his full ammo this week. He's gonna he's gonna swap out DeAndre Carter too because I bet you Keenan and Mike Williams. It sounds like they they returned to practice. It sounds oh, like he's, he's got McKenzie. He's, he's gonna got McKenzie. Stack we're gonna get McKenzie there. Exactly. Don't give him ideas. Don't. This guy's probably watching right now. I don't know who Emzo is. Don't give him ideas. Yeah, this is how he sets yeah. his lineup. Just, yeah. He just hopes every week we review his team. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, we do have. Uh, he's also six and four. We. Yeah, I mean, we have to win every. We game have to anyway. win. We have to win every week. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And this, it's it is a bummer team because, like, if you can't get one, this one in the playoffs, because you can really tell yourself a story. Like, if Burks and Pickens come on, Walker and CMC is about as close to a nut, realistic running yeah. back combo that you can have. I mean, even Higby and Everett. I mean, Everett's usage has been awesome. He's a little banged up right now. Higby getting a target bump with Cup out. Like, you do want to go to battle with this team. Pittman coming on potentially. Yeah. Hey, uh, Gretch, how's Higby looking, man? Looking pretty good. I mean, <laughs> no, he's terrible. He's, he's always been terrible. <laughs> no one's ever claimed he was good. <laughs> no, nah, that was that was a fun time discussing for about twenty minutes why we needed Tyler Higby at the lunch break during the draft. Me and Pat are trying to talk Gretch like, hey, it's Tyler Higby, man. He's gonna get targets. He's like, he sucks. Who he did I want? want? We know. I, we I think know Albert O. The best no. part. <laughs> the we were best looking part. at like Tyler Algier and stuff around then. I think. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Off the board. That was a cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was uh, watching the game right next to you. I think G the the next night, and uh, Higby was getting all those targets, and you're like, see, see, but he was dropping everything. And I was like, see, see, we we're just like both telling each other we were right the whole freaking game. <laughs> Yeah, he had a bad that, uh, first week. He got a ton of volume, but he did not catch a lot of them. Yeah, that's yeah, that kickoff party is the best. <laughs> that's, that, that sums up his entire season. Right. <laughs> and it, I mean, he did end up having like 11, 12 points, and he's basically done that all year. Yeah. No, no, yeah, Higby was a good tight end. In, so in hindsight, really uh, a sharp pick, especially with Allen Robinson being as, as bad as he's been. Like, it had to be somebody else alongside Cup, and it's been Higby pretty much all year. I mean, last week, Higby, 8 for 73, 19.3 tight end premium points. I mean, we'll we'll take that fucking every day. We'll of the take week. that to yeah. the bank. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I do think, because this has been kind of a fun, and I, I hope someone materializes next year, but I, I touted Zach Ertz last, two years ago, and I touted Tyler Higby this past year. I think it's like a it's an over-optimism of the tight end position, where people, they'll like, no, 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 there's upside. Irv Smith has upside. You got to draft Irv Smith. Pat Frymuth has all this upside. We got to draft Pat Frymuth it's grosser than you think it's grosser than you think. draft the guy who absolutely fucking sucks but is going to run a bunch of rounds hey you someone clip that with, uh, draft the guy that years, absolutely man. fucking sucks <laughs> that's, yeah, the, right, that's the process that's gotta go in the intro everything we do just draft put that in the intro sucks. draft the guy who absolutely fucking pat, sucks i want to hear that, that before like, the show every week you've been saying that for like two years pat because <laughs> we drafted cole Komet in one of our leagues together and you were like you know who we should have took we should have took Rob Gronkowski, and and like he just came to the Tampa Bay. And we're like, oh, he's old and probably you know one of the greatest tight ends ever. But we were like, how let's is, go with the rookie. Let's go with Cole Komet. How is and Rob just, Gronkowski your analogy for drafting the guy who sucks? He's the greatest well, he tight went, end who ever lived. Dude, we two, thought two he was years done. ago he was drafting like he was dust. He was getting drafted yeah. like he was okay. dust. He was drafted like really late, just like Tyler Higby. That's well, like yeah. there's probably a better example. Well, <laughs> sure, Tyler Higby's the better example. <laughs> It, it's an interesting conversation, though, right? Because on the one hand, you could say tight end is so gross, and after Kelsey and Andrews, it's like a total fucking crapshoot. 
we tend to chase clearly like the high ceiling, more boom bust volatile guys. But in the tight end premium scoring, there's clearly value to the Zachers and the Tyler Higbees of the world who are going to catch eight balls like every week. And so it goes back to like the volatility thing. Like do you want the zeros and 25s or do you want like 14 every single week? Yeah, or just and just don't draft, but don't pay the premium for like you're taking when you take Zach Ertz this past uh, year, and it kind of worked, but you're you're paying the for the most expensive accumulator, pay for the cheapest accumulator, you know, and that to me that was Higby. I was also, by the way, I was taking stabs on Austin Hooper, so like I'm not, I mean, I was, <laughs> this is you get you're getting gross when you do this. Just know that you're gonna be some gross misses, but you know, I had a lot of Higby, I had a lot of Everett, I had a lot of uh Hayden Hurst like pay for the cheap accumulators right yeah that's a good point um all right we got some bids rolling in here wow so this is in our ship saw this in in discord too the the Trey McBride bids were apparently oh my god apparently not uh big enough Micah Darius Slayton here we go here here comes Darius Slayton oh my god he's the wide receiver one in New York I gotta get him on my team 213 yeah, you hey, haven't I, done your victory lap yet. Of all the things we talked about from week 10, you, you guys made a Slayton Wandell Robinson bet last week. I, I didn't take a side on that. I thought it was interesting on both sides. But watching on Sunday, I, I felt so bad for you, Pete, because Slayton catches like an eight-yard hook, breaks like four tackles. It's like one of the best yak plays of the year and takes it to the house. I know. These, these slappies victory lapping, this is just insane. Well, I mean – Wando Robinson is like a four eight out. It's gonna take him eight weeks to, to just match that one. But play. if you told me one player made that play, yeah. I would have said it was Wando. I wouldn't have said it was Slayton. Pat had to do like an hour of research before he even accepted the bet. Uh, <laughs> I was worried he was gonna get benched. They hate his guts, but I think he's a better. Ta- I think he's more talented. Looking at this thing, like, look, I like Trey McBride. I love rookie black boxes, but should he be going for what three and a half times as much as Foster Moreau? No, no. They should be they should be close. I mean, McBride, you're getting the whole season, which I this that's the advantage. Part of it is there's two weeks left, and that guy obviously had a lot of bid bucks because he went for four seventy three, right? He's probably like, look, I want Trey McBride. I'm going to spend it all. He probably had a four hundred seventy three dollar bid on Foster Moreau right behind it. I mean, yeah. So the league's right, like five hundred. I was like, yeah, we're going at least two hundred on McBride. Like, also, Montezuma's revenge bid one twenty three to win Foster Moreau, and the second bid on McBride was one twenty three, which makes me wonder if he had those guys in as even. Yeah, he probably did. Uh, How much did we also- bid on Ingram? I thought we bid more than that. Probably fifty four. I guess. Uh, we're the fifty four. Okay. We're the 54. God damn it. If Micah, Micah, if you watch this show and you adjusted your bid, just don't ever tell me because that'll make me mad. Um, <laughs> let's see what we had going on in our league here. You guys just sent this over. I'll pull this up. Fucking Jet coming over the top of us with this New England bid. $80, uh, Jet, seriously? Are you kidding? What's, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's way too much to spend. You bid $69 like a gentleman. Bid 69. I mean, Zach Wilson is going to light this defense up. I mean, what are you fucking doing? Uh, Trey McBride goes 147 here. That seems reasonable. Keontae Ingram, 137. Mike Gesicki was available in this league? I didn't even know that, guys. We're asleep at the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we're coasted the rest of this year. No, we're good, dude. We got Tyler Higby. We're, we're solid. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. We're good. What do you guys – what do you think about Khalil Herbert being dropped? I guess it depends on kind of where your team's at. Well, can we pick him up this week? He's, like, gone forever now, right? Gone forever. I think he's gone forever are, now, right? Are we yeah. in gone forever status now? Yeah. I think so. Okay. I think we are. Ebner goes for only 21. That seems like a really nice price here to us. That is a nice – I like that a lot. How is How were we the only bid on Tristan Ebner? Like – there was a $1 bid. I mean, what's going on there? We'll take it. Yeah. Sorry. Let's see here. Um, Yoshi had just under $700. Uh, oh, Lawrence referencing the uh, the big bid there. Yeah, I mean, um, if you had 700 bucks, that's still a big bid. <laughs> yeah. But that's why we say burn it early. Like, you get to this point, you're like, I got 700 bucks. I'm going to spend 500 on Trey McBride. Like, that's what happens. Yeah. Here's our Buckeye Boomers League. Christian Watson available here goes for 410. That feels about right. Moreau, 245. Paris Campbell, 113. That seems like a nice deal to Schroeder. Trey McBride, 102 here. Um, Keontae Ingram, 79. So we came up real empty here. Ebner goes for 34. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. Well, there's a bunch more weeks left, so we can get whoever we want later. <laughs> oh man, it was it was hard to get a gauge on, and like you can see across these leagues, like a pretty big spread on the McBride bids. Yeah, we'll see here. Um, I guess this is a good point. Anomalies week 17. I hadn't fully done the done the math here. Well, wait, why week 17 is earliest? Isn't it four weeks? Week eleven, one week fifteen, yeah, or week yeah, 16? be week fifteen, right? He's missing. Yeah, be 15. yeah, fifteen, right? Should be 15. fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. That's why I think he would have been interesting as a hold um, if you had him here. Um, let's see here. Uh, Liam's already playing for a Bill Chicago week sixteen correlation there. Um, so. Uh, what Jonathan? What it, what's been your? This was your first uh, FFPC main event experience, right? Yeah. How 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 has it gone? Do you do you enjoy the waiver wire grind? Or are you just uh, wishing you were back to your best ball roots? Oh yeah, I mean that's what made me so lazy. Uh, you guys have done a lot of the work on waivers, so that's been uh, much appreciated. But get back to me in two weeks, and I'll let you know how the, the first year of experience has, has gone. Here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we're just trying to sneak in some of these, uh, sneak in some of these teams this year, and then it's like, all right, then let the chips fall where they may. I feel like we have a lot of teams like that, right? Like a lot of our teams are just trying to sneak in. Yep. There's like not any teams that feel like a lock, but there's also a bunch of teams that could sneak in. So it could end up being like a really good year. It could also be a bad year. Like we had. A pretty sick win last week. So we had profiled our cranking purple team uh, with Crack Rock last week. We moved to seven and three here. Look at, uh, let me pull up the week 10 here. Wait till you see this, that we eked it out. One, and this is against our guy, Frank. Sorry, Frank. Uh, 135.95 to 135.35. We eke out that victory there. 
And this uh, is, we have to get it on record here. So this is another record one. Yep. Yeah, uh, we're seven and yeah. four here. And, and this is, uh, he has Judy. So, like, you know, Judy leaves on what, wow. like the second play of the game? Uh, really bad beat there for Frank. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. So, this one cranking purple. Yeah. We're not even getting in right now. He See, is, go through these leaks. We're seven and three, and we don't even have a playoff spot right now. That's crazy. He That's had insane. <laughs> Frank's team had Dulcich too. Like, if you told me that Judy was going to go out on the first snap i would have thought dulce had more than 2.5 points or whatever it was like to get that much out of both of those denver guys combined Mm. that'd be i mean let's talk about this really how awful is denver in general like they've just been such a letdown for everybody in the fantasy community and everyone was talking about like hey (laughs) the next matt stafford from last year ninth tenth round guy that you can get and uh he's just been awful like he can't scramble anymore it looks like or his o-line is just so bad that's uh, watching the tape a little bit, you know. <laughs> it's been really I mean, bad. I, I think the coaching staff is is a huge part of the problem. They're yeah. a huge part of the problem. They're they're like continuing to be balanced. Their rushing game is horrible. They're horrible. Like Russell Wilson, I was looking at the EPA per play. Russell Wilson is like slightly positive in EPA per play. Basically, he's break even. Like every time he drops back, it's like break even for expected points, which is bad for a quarterback. But the rushing game is. The only game's worse. The only uh, offense is worse are the, the Colts and the Buccaneers. So uh, if you have a 30th ranked rushing game in terms of efficiency and you're constantly seeking to establish it, you maybe you maybe don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Jonathan, what's what's the Broncos record if Mike McDaniel is their coach right now? Well, I think they score was that stat they, you know, I think they score more than 18 points every week and uh, they're only a one loss team then. I mean, yeah, what he's done with Miami is amazing. Uh, I do think you need to highlight that Chip Skylark uh, comment there because we can't let Crack Rock get off too easy after his uh, talking about you know, more <laughs> yeah. money on that. The Eagles going the undefeated. So hard. Oh, I was trying was to so explain funny. probabilities to Crack Rock last week, and he's like, nope, full steam ahead. <laughs> I think he was like, I just time. put another 100 bucks on it. Like, <laughs> I think yeah. it was probably more than 100 bucks. I, I think Crack Rock's too. unit size is bigger than yeah. 100. <laughs> My only concern is he was talking about that, you know, funding the the Vegas main event team next year. So, you know, does the Eagles losing? Is that his excuse to get out of Vegas three years in a row? I hope not. (laughs) I have a I have a feeling that Crack Rock didn't go insolvent on that bet. I bet he's still uh, he's got some reserves kicking around. (laughs) Oh man, that was the worst call, man. That that (laughs) that flop, that Heineke flop. Oh yeah, hundred percent disgusting. But in the thing too about Denver, like even with a Judy or a Sutton, like outside of Dolchich, like say you make it to the main event playoffs and you're in that sprint, like <sighs> Dolchich is the only guy I probably feel comfortable starting on the Broncos, like on a given yeah. week. Like I'm so worried about like the the scene. Like, yeah, could Sutton or Judy pop up and give you a 17, 18 point game? Sure. But like there's no ceiling with that offense. There's no potential for a 40 point game from one of those guys right now. Their defense is good, and they are very resistant to getting into shootouts. <laughs> so, what's the upside? They don't, I mean, the only upside is you accumulate tight end scoring. I agree. Yeah, I mean, Judy went down. You have all the targets in the world, you know, for for Dolchich and Sutton in that game against the Titans, and neither of them get there. Just very, very disappointing stuff. <sighs> but that's why Michael Pittman, Devonta Smith, 
George Pickens, DJ Moore. That, that's our golden ticket, right, boys? Yeah. What do you think about uh, so, Christian McCaffrey and the Elijah Elijah Mitchell usage? What do you think about that? That was kind of interesting, right? They trade all these picks for this guy, and then Elijah Mitchell's out there just killing them. Were they not concerned about L.A., or is that what's going to happen going forward, you know? It's interesting. I've tried to defend Shanahan before, and uh, I regret it, you know? He's, he's like a – he maybe isn't the sharpest general manager. Yeah, what, what, what was your take on that, Gretch? Um, it's one of those weird things where obviously you're starting CMC no matter what, but is the like – you know, 25 plus point per game upside is that thesis hurt a little bit. I think it's hurt a little bit. <clears throat> it wasn't great. I mean, it, it was crazy. They had nine running back green zone touches in this game, which <clears throat> is a massive amount for a team in one game. Uh, Mitchell wound up with five, but three of those were at the very end when the Chargers went for it on fourth down at their own eight yard line, didn't get it. And he ran three times and they kicked a field goal and they didn't score. His other two were also on the same drive. McCaffrey got the first, the first, I think three, he ended up with four, uh, got him across three separate drives. I mean, the issue for me with the ceiling is if, if Mitchell's going to get some of the rushing work in close, does he have this like three TD ceiling? Like we've been seeing with like Austin Eckler and all these guys. I don't think it's like that concerning of a game because their uh, pass rate over expected was massively negative. It was as negative as it's been for a long time uh, since week two, since Trey Lance's last start obviously a completely different offense. And it was like way more negative than anything since then. And McCaffrey didn't run 73% of the routes in this game, which is a lot for a running back. It was just that they were so run heavy, right? McCaffrey still got 18 touches in this game. He still gets like eight or nine high value touches. It's a pretty good workload just looking at him on his own. I think they kind of just rolled with Mitchell a little bit because he was running effectively and they're in a very run heavy game plan. It's his first game back. He kind of reward the player. But like McCaffrey's... Snap share, 65%, not great, but still solid. I think probably was on the low end of what we'll see going forward. Routes were there. The one concern I have is we really want him to get all of the work in close in the green zone. And, like, the fact that Mitchell was staying on for some of those carries was a little concerning for the ceiling. But I I wasn't too concerned overall. They're going to throw more, and he's running a ton of routes. Like, I think most games he's going to be more involved than Mitchell. This was just a run-heavy game plan. They They rode Mitchell a little bit. He's a good runner, right? But, like, ultimately I guess it's not bad for McCaffrey if Mitchell's taking low value touches, like a lot of rushes and saving McCaffrey for all the pass plays. It's not like terrible for his fantasy line. The TDs are the big part. I think it's like, it's a weird thing where I don't want to say his ceiling isn't hurt, but his consistent ceiling is hurt. It was like the super high end outcome that we were starting to get excited about after that first full week back with him without Mitchell. It's like, yeah, we're probably not going to see that every week, but I think we can still absolutely see that game from him multiple times down. The offense is good enough. He's got eight, again, 18 touches, nine high value touches in this offense. He can score 30 points on that. Like he doesn't need 30 touches in this offense. Right. I agree with that, Pete, though. It looked like he was going to be the engine of the offense, um, almost like Eckler is right now, where it's yeah. just like he's just he's just a week-in, week-out, like plug him in. You know, he's going to be ranked the RB1 or RB2 every single week. I don't know that he's he's that, but he certainly has an RB1 overall ceiling every week. Well, I asked I asked Dwayne this on, on XM today. I'm curious your thoughts. I said, rest of season, Jonathan Taylor, CMC, who do you want? That's tough. I want Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I think Taylor's going to get – he got a 94% snap share this week. I think I might want Taylor too. <laughs> the thing yeah. is, I'll tell you this. I want 
for the bid equity, I want to say Taylor, because by this time next week, they're playing the Eagles. Jonathan Taylor is yeah. going to get 35 carries this week since Jordan Davis went down. The Texans ran all over the Eagles. Washington ran the ball like 40 yeah. times against them. And then also the flip side, Saturday's first game, they go really run heavy. They use Taylor 94%. There's never been a better alignment. So, of course, it'll be like a, a massive negative script and you'll get 15 carries. But if there's ever been a time where I would predict somebody to have 30 carries in a game, like there's never been a better alignment. The way to play the Eagles right now is to run at them all game. Yep. The way the Colts want to play is to run Jonathan Taylor all game. He's going to look like the answer to this question this time next week. So, I mean, since we, we have short, <laughs> short uh, memories. <laughs> Man, I love this, man. You just do whatever is going to get you the victory lap in yeah. one week. Right. Don't do the rest <laughs> yeah, of the season. That's you exactly do one right. week. I'm thinking logically here. <laughs> what, what is the correct way to answer this uh, question? What's going to make me look good in a week? That uh, is so Jonathan, smart. I'm with you, what, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan, what's your answer? I still mean CMC. I don't. I don't really buy the the Colts here. They were a little better than expected, but I think that offense is going to struggle, and I think 49ers might. I was just. Do you think there's a better collection of skill players, healthy on a team right now, than what the 49ers have? They they are a death star. I'm with you, honestly. I think I think I'd still take CMC. So <laughs> this is my thing too. Dwayne said Jonathan Taylor. I think I'm. I think I'm CMC. And I, this is going to sound like a dumb thing because people are going to be like, "What? Deion Jackson doesn't matter to Jonathan Taylor." But I actually think it does relative to like that snap share and usage. Like I do think when Deion Jackson's active, they're going to give him some of that work that they were giving Naheem Hines. They've already shown a confidence in him in the past game. Like to me, that just massive, massive snap share felt born out of necessity of like not fucking trusting Jordan Wilkins as your second back. Like I, I feel like he could get. Eli Mitchell by Deion Jackson, just not quite to the same extent. I also think yeah. Eli Mitchell won't play. Obviously, won't get 18 carries most games because they won't run so heavily. But I don't think he'll play this big of a snap share most games. I think this was like his first game back. They went run heavy. They rode him a little bit. Their offense really wasn't that effective either. It was a Chargers matchup to a degree that, that dictated this. I don't think we're going to see Eli Mitchell, Eli Mitchell, CMC, mm. the way that we're thinking right now. To this extent, I just think I just think we got to throw out anything that happened before with the Colts because you got Jeff Saturday in here, his new new play caller. Like we don't know what they're going to determine how much they're going to use him because Jeff Saturday and I talked to you a little bit early about this, Pete. Like is Ray, he doesn't give two shits about anything. You know what I mean? And I think he's going to be like, look, I can pick whoever I want to hire. It's in, I'm going to dominate this league, and they got a shot to. You know, make some noise, I think. You know, there's, what, nine, ten games left? What, what, week 11? There's like seven. Good math. Yeah, good math. Yeah, seven games left. And uh, they Chris's teams some... are going to the Super Bowl. That's why I'm <laughs> Dude, all I think about is the Dolphins. How much crap have I been talking about the Dolphins? And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm just super excited now. I don't. I need to go back through some of our conversations over the summer, Chris, when I was trying to talk you into the Dolphins and you were too burned from the uh, – no, Chris is, Chris is a Miami fan, so uh, he's a little too jaded from years of, of struggling. You guys want to close out with a, a little uh, goal line stand draft here on Underdog? Scratch that draft oh, yeah. itch. Oh, yeah. um, right, I, I think you're exactly right, though, Chris. That, like, what does Saturday have to lose? You know, like, he's Nothing. an interim coach. He's basically, it's his own <clears throat> reputation for him. If he just comes in and just rides Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan revives Jonathan Taylor, like, he's going to look smart. And, it's like if it takes like a, a year off of Jonathan Taylor's career or whatever. He doesn't like, care. He doesn't give a shit. He's not a coach next year, probably. 
Yeah, what's the worst case? He goes back to ESPN. Not yeah, bad, he's going to go back to ESPN. Life. It's like a conquering hero. Like, I it, I didn't get the full-time job, but look, like, they, people acted like I was a donkey, and what did I do? I, you know, I got Jonathan Taylor shut him up. back on track yeah. and won a bunch of games, and I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, what do we need? One more to fill this goal line stand. This is the similar format to the Battle Royale, but uh, six more teams, so 12-team, six rounds, how who are you guys like where are you guys at on this this snow apocalypse like they're saying up to six feet it seems like the majority of it's going to come before sunday are, are we worried are we worried about this buffalo cleveland i want to hear you describe the weather report support you got any charts <laughs> any graphs behind you you can point to i mean people love freaking out about this weather shit it's like they do really you think do. they don't have fucking snow plows in buffalo i mean <laughs> come on that's no, not a snow plows I don't know. No, it's not that big of a deal. I know nothing. Chris, I never go above Texas. You know? <laughs> Dude, I, I was when I first got here, it snowed, and I didn't know what to do. I was like, "What is this?" Oh, in Texas, dude, it like shut Texas down, didn't it? For like two weeks, like you yeah. guys didn't know what the hell to do. Dude, it, it rains here; it shuts Texas down. In Dallas, yeah. it's God. awful. It's like the roads are are not great, so like they just say, "Go home." There you go, huh. uh, Paul. Getting this uh, this thing filled here. We got you. We got you covered. Uh, have 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 either of you done any uh, battle royales or week eleven drafts yet, Jonathan? Chris? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy in those streets. Yeah, I'm going to go line just because of fill rate. Yeah. I will say if you are in the Deposit Kingdom Discord, if you go to the Rolls channel, we set a roll up for the Badge Bros. So similar to in the season, we had one for yeah. Best Ballers. And so if you're looking to fill these drafts. You can go into the best baller or uh, the Badge Bros channel and tag the Badge Bros uh, role, and then it'll alert anyone who's also opted into that role, and you can fill these a little bit quicker than cool. usual. I'll uh, give a shout out to the stream I did with uh, Sam on Monday, yeah. um, and we did the playoff format, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and Sam Sherman put together a bunch of really good charts uh, for. Um, yeah, Sam is the, the playoff years. odds, uh, which is like obviously something you really have to think through for that contest. But that's a fun Justin. contest. It's like a way too early playoff contest, I think they call it. And it, Chris, I saw close. you talking about it, and I agree completely. Like getting your reps for the big prize pool playoff ones that'll come, it really will get you in the uh, the frame of mind. Yeah, I reached too uh, early on quarterbacks right now. I got to readjust my thought on that. Uh-oh. Uh, all right, so what are we going to do here? We are on deck. We have Barkley, Jefferson, Fields, Mark Andrews go. Pretty uh, high-risk, high-reward pick there. We got Diggs, Allen, Adams, Lamb. Diggs does go. I want to take Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I mean, we could probably get him on the way back. Maybe. It'll be close. It'll be I'm close. down with Taylor. You just want to flip the build? I mean, in these four, I mean, I think there's a little bit more opportunity cost in the 12 person to reach this much, but. Okay, uh, what do you want? Well, the only thing I would say, Gretch, is like maybe you take Hertz and then see if. Uh, yeah, take Hertz. Back. All right, I'm good with Hertz, yeah. I don't think, I think Adams is in a not ideal spot. I think Lamb's in an okay spot. You worried about Sertain, bro? You worried about Sertain? 
No, I'm worried about. I'm just worried about the Broncos. No, I overall. am too. <laughs> yeah. I think that game's gonna suck. I think it's gonna suck. Yeah. I was looking at Josh Allen just a little bit. I was like, oh man, maybe he'll run a little bit more and we'll get some touchdowns. But I think Jalen Hurts is a good play. Yeah, I mean, if there's a snowpocalypse, hurt arm, hurt arm and snow doesn't mix. Well, it also makes sense for us to take Hurts since we desperately, desperately need Hurts for our main event team. Yeah. So You're we're right. just doubling down, you know? Yeah. Let's just be really heavy on, on Jalen. <laughs> Let's just what make if, sure our hearts completely break. What if you told someone in week five the ADP of a week 11 contest and that Justin Fields would go ahead of Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen? You would have broke that person's brain. People yes. were writing off. Did you see the poll Leone had on Twitter? Yeah. Of like, which of those QBs would you rather have in Dynasty? And he was below, what, Wilson, Lance, and uh, who was the other one in there? Mac Jones? I don't remember. It is interesting because the Bears coaching staff, I think, was out on him. And so from a Dynasty perspective, like, he was a very risky uh, asset. But obviously, there was also a lot of upside there because now, now they're like, oh, we're in. We're in. Like he, he's going to yeah. start for them for probably many years now. Uh, sorry, Gretch. I did the classic thing where I tell you there's a chance the guy comes back and then he goes like <laughs> after us. <laughs> now we got to take Michael Pittman. We're just going to draft our team from. Uh... <laughs> I mean, so I think Pittman's buried. I guess the question yeah. is, I will say, yeah. I mean, do we risk Devonta coming back to us or do we lock that up? No, let's take a running back here, right? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd go. Yeah, so, we'll uh, back to with, Josh uh, Jacobs. Grant Calcaterra. That could be our stack. They're tight. Who's your pick, Jacobs Jonathan? would be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I go Ramondre, but. Uh, yeah, I I know Jonathan's a big Ramondre guy. We're gonna get we're gonna get Ramondre here. What's Damian Harris's practice status? I didn't even see it today. Did he practice? I think he's good. I think he's. Good. It was an illness, sure. so it'd be super weird if he missed. Yeah, he's questionable. With, is... uh, got dusted by Ramondre Stevenson. I was gonna go with a similar <laughs> joke. <laughs> he's got asthma. He's a uh, allergy to all that dust. Yeah, yeah, that's better. He's actually run okay this year. Damon Harris. He hasn't been yeah. bad. He's Ramondre's good. Yeah, GA mentioning that Taylor's ADP's been climbing. I think we're going to see that happen with DFS too. Like after Brian Robinson tattooed the Eagles' rush defense, and then you have Jonathan Taylor going off, like people are going to talk themselves into being heavy well, on Jonathan it, Taylor it, by Sunday. It, it, Robinson wasn't even that good. It's just how yeah. run heavy Washington was against Philly. It's the clear way to play Philly right now. I remember right when uh, Jordan Davis got hurt, their big. D tackle Ben Solak from the ringer tweeted out that they just lost their one formation that can stop the run. Their five man front that they do with John uh, Jordan Davis at the nose tackle. And he's a Philly guy. I'm pretty sure he's a Philly fan. He knows that team really well. He, he does some great formational and, and just film film based analysis regardless, but he knows that team very well. And as soon as he said that, I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. And then Houston just pounded it against him. Damian Pierce ran really well. Was he Houston? And yeah. then uh, this past week, Washington. I mean, it's just like, oh no, was it? Was it Houston? Yeah, okay. it was Houston two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, the, the, and then the Thursday night game, right? Washington, because uh, uh, Gibson got fourteen carries too. Robinson got twenty six carries. Gibson got fourteen. They ran. They gave their running backs forty carries. <laughs> like, yeah. 
They teams are going to want. Which is exactly what Indy wants to. Indy Indy went run heavy last week. Right. Uh, they I, I think they're going to play very similar to Washington from now on, where they're just they're trying to hide their quarterback. Yeah. Um, they probably won't be quite as sharp as Washington. I think Washington's actually somewhat intelligent in the way they do it, but because um, they tend to be pretty balanced on first down, even though they run heavy. But yeah, they're going to be run heavy, and I think I think Taylor can get going. Yeah. Except we need Michael Pittman to get going. This will <laughs> <laughs> you'll catch you'll catch like eight balls for sixty yards underneath. We'll take the fourteen. Yeah, points. that's exactly. Yeah, good. exactly. Let's take our guy. I mean, false would false do this? No, he won't do it. Wow, we got Devontae right. Smith. Everyone for Devonta yeah. here. Let's do it. I just assumed Absolutely. he was a nice. Let's do it. I mean, it's it's his birthday month. Um, it's not just a birthday week. It's the birthday month, guys. <laughs> Devonta Smith is like a 14-year-old girl. He celebrates his birthday for an entire month. <laughs> you think he sees any boosts from Dallas Goddard being out? Does that help him? Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm not a Jack Stoll for, believer. Uh, yeah, who's the backup for Goddard? Stoll, right? Jack and, Stoll. And uh, Calchatera, the three men in the canoe from the celebration. Oh, yeah. There you go. I, I think it has to I think it has to help a little target boost for for Smith and AJ Bryant. As much as Hurts and that offense spreads it around anyways, and then you take out a top three target, like I think it has to be good. I think it's probably a little good. I think it because uh Goddard was getting used on screens as well, and uh Devontae Smith tends to get used on screens a lot more than AJ Brown. So I wonder if it like if you get one extra screen target, that's still pretty sweet. Yeah. It would be nice to it just like the Eagles have had this almost frustrating season for fantasy and that they've either blown the doors off of teams in the first yeah. half or had these weird, you know, Thursday night underperformance games against the Texans and commanders. It's like, can we just get them in a fucking proper shootout for four quarters? Like, please yeah, just once. I know, man. It's kind of like the Bills. I thought it was close. I was like, oh man, they're going to just dominate here. Just explode and turnover after turnover just killed it. Uh, Pittman doesn't make it back to us. That would have been fun. We got a little mini correlation. If we wanted to do Garrett Wilson with Ramondre, I don't yeah, hate that do at that. all. Garrett Wilson, I like that a lot. Is like a top ten wide receiver already. Oh fuck <laughs> him! Um, what what do you guys see? I mean, this is our entire team right here: Higby, DJ Moore, George Pickens. <laughs> Who do you want? <laughs> Dude, let's get uh, let's get Gretchen. Who's that below Cousins? Uh, Slayton, I think he's be pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> get out of here. Who do you guys want? Uh, look at his ADP. <laughs> so Dude, let's get uh, let's get Gretchen's guy, DJ Moore. It'd be fun. What about Amari Cooper? <laughs> I think we, do we fall. Looks like we maybe fall off tight end here. Baker's starting. DJ Moore's about to get three targets this week. Baker Mayfield it, hates him. In the land when there's 88. when there's five cooks in the kitchen, the first person to toss out a, a name gets that. It's their their pick. I love it. Well, we, we we're probably safe on tight end because there's three guys here. After the chances are that someone takes two is low. That's a good so, point. Yeah. Our guy falls here. We'll take whatever tight end we want, anyways. There's no emotional hedges with this team. It's either just pure euphoria in this contest and FFPC or pure depression. We should probably take Tyler Conklin in the last round to get that Ramondre mini. 
I like there it. You go. Conklin's, Conklin's running routes. That's yeah. sneaky too. I tell you what, I'm probably drafting Conklin next year in best ball. That's a, that's exactly yeah. the type of guy. Definitely fucking sucks. Yeah, haven't you guys <laughs> heard about? Definitely fucking sucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Does your theory extend to yeah taking quarterbacks, uh, pass catchers tied to quarterbacks who fucking suck too? Because that's what we did with DJ Moore. No, <laughs> don't slander DJ Moore. Are you slandering the quarterback? You just I'm said slandering oh, the quarterback. No, I don't want to take Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Please don't do something, Baker Mayfield. No, he's if just we want to flesh Baker's out, going to come in for one quarter, and then uh, Sam Darnold's going to just rip it. Second, third, fourth quarter. DJ Moore's actually back. like M. That is actually my dream that Sam Darnold comes in over Baker. I think what we could do is repay the favor to this lockdown guy who sniped us on Garrett Wilson and take Isaiah Likely from him. Do we think Mark Andrews is going to play? I think he practiced today, actually. He did? There was like yeah, a they, fake out on those reports, right, where he said he didn't. He wasn't He, he wasn't available in the, the part of practice to reporters, but he actually practiced? Yeah, uh, there was yeah. a correction or an update. Hey, Mark Andrews practiced today or something like that on Twitter. So, yeah. Yeah, he did. You know, you know well, who man, I really yeah. want? I wait for false to get off this, but I'm definitely feeling some blue right here. Yeah, which one? Friermuth? Yep, there oh it goes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was right. Unbelievable. Fucking guy. What are oh, the other hey, 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 no, no. Yeah, let's get let's get Singletary, dude. And the snow. We're going with the snowpocalypse, right? Just oh he's going to run the ball like a million times. It's gonna be like that uh, Lashawn McCoy game, yeah. two thousand. They do. They do have a terrible run defense. The Browns. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Let's do it. All right, we're stacked. It was the last time the Bills had the crazy weather game was last year against the Patriots, and it was the wind game, right? And they like attempted. Yeah. I remember it was the Patriots Three attempted passes. like no passes, and they yeah. just they were using Zach Moss a shit ton, and you know. The weather's bad if the Bills are electing to use Zach Moss. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what other teams do we like here? I always like Inverted's team. He's always got a good, solid thing going. If he, he's set up a, lately. And he drafted Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he fucking won. He's setting up a <laughs> Wandell pick, right? Darius Slayton already off the board. You got to stack Daniel Jones with someone. $1. He may be using oh, as a rush guy, but I like there using $1. Oh, there he is. He was setting it up, dude. You called it. Wow. Greg Dulcich and Wandale. That's uh, that's a real ship chasing, bringing together ship chasing. Yeah, that's a reach across feeling. the aisle. There's yeah, good people on both sides. Yes, that's great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, Paul. Wow. D. Linney calling the, uh, the Elijah Moore breakout. Ooh. Right after we man, if he wins, if he wins somebody uh, one of these weekly tournaments, that's gonna be that'd be fun. Goodness, what's the All theory right. that he's gonna be dedicated slot this week? Yeah, just that's like what a coaches said, right? Yeah, yeah. Is Barrios Barrios is around, right? He's still got. I mean, he's got a chance to have a few decent games on the stretch here. This kind of thing, like, it's been a crazy season so far, but does it really last through week 17? I mean, I don't know if I buy that. It's like IU last year a little bit. Are we going to be fucking forced to take Jack Stoll, or are we going to do a, a naked Hurts and, like, double down on Buffalo with Knox? I would double down on we Buffalo we, with Knox. We have, I, I, we have Hurts with Devonta. 
Oh yeah, sorry, I for, I forgot about Juwan. this. Is Tyler Conklin season easy? Oh yeah. yeah, I think we should do Conklin. I was gonna say Hurst, but he fucking sucks, Pete. What are you What are you questioning? Yeah, Conklin's I, way Conklin's I, way worse, dude. We should draft him. You're right. <laughs> Conklin sucks. Let's draft him. <laughs> He's our new Tyler Higby. <laughs> we need all, all right. the touchdowns to Singletary. We can't split up our touchdowns. Here's the squad. Belichick will take away Garrett Wilson, takes away the number one player. Everyone knows that. No one's ever said this before, but let me tell you all about this. This one thing that I heard one time. I like Conklin has to get all the other targets. Yeah. So we these are the narratives we have. Um, We have Devonta Smith birthday month narrative. We have DJ Moore's quarterback is so bad that it actually benefits him. Narrative. Devin Singletary snow game narrative. And Tyler Conklin getting all the targets because Garrett Wilson is no, shut down by no, the No, Tyler Conklin absolutely fucking sucks. Also sucks. <laughs> and is yeah. getting all the targets. Yeah, and whatever else. It doesn't matter. He's going to run the routes. He's just <laughs> going to be out there running the routes. <laughs> and half of these players are on our main event team. I feel like this this was a very thematically on brand team. Yeah, yeah, we're really doubling down. <laughs> <laughs> would be nice um, to go in with uh, some money into this playoff stuff. Just went out. Uh, Jonathan was giving uh, tips in the in the private chat, but we were too busy drafting shitty players to uh, to pay attention to your smart oh. picks. Sorry, Jonathan. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Appreciate you guys hopping on. Uh, Thank you, Chris. I, I would say, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, check out the Deposit Kingdom. I'm always in there. He is. He's a, he's a legend of the Deposit Kingdom. So is Jonathan. Jonathan doing uh, some great work over at Fantasy Life as well. Has a weekly piece in the Wednesday newsletter, Regression Session. Wrote about uh, Cole Komet and Drake London today. If you want a little Drake London Very opium. Good. Jonathan, has you covered anything else on your end, Jonathan? No, that's it, yeah. If you're not uh, already subscribed to Fantasy Life, make sure you are. And uh, hop in the Deposit Kingdom Discord, absolutely. There you go. Uh, Gretch, Pat. Um, anything else on your end? Same old. Yep, same, same old. old stuff. Uh, well, Gretch, you're so bad about plugs. Uh, Stealing Lines is now doing NBA props, I saw. Yes, Stealing Lines is doing NBA props now. And that's included in your Stealing yeah. Lines sub? There yeah, you go. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Good plug. <laughs> gotta help this guy out. Just gotta help these guys out. Pat, uh, your plug is you're getting new internet, new router. What's hey, I, was it good? Was it good for the rest of the show? It was something, something fake. Did you get a new computer, Pat? Too. Yes, I got a new computer. I got, uh, I got the upgrade to the internet. I guess I just need to reset everything, and now I'm back. All right, he's back. I will, he's I will back. be in person in uh, the Fantasy Football Happy Hour on Friday. So, if you, if you really, really hate my internet and just won't watch me unless I'm again, studio quality stream. You can you can check me out on Friday. There you go. There are Pat Puris who only want him in 4K uh, on Big Peacock, so that's how it goes. Oh, who who's the pup? Who do we got here? This is Capri. She was starting to make a racket here, so I think she just wanted to to get her airtime. Yeah, she there did. you go. That's how it goes. You got you got to maximize it. The ultimate plug. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Hanging out tonight, hopping the ship chasing, uh, private channel. If you're a YouTube member, hopping the deposit kingdom, lots of good stuff going in there. We'll talk uh, underdog drafts in the Badge Bros channel. We got the ship chasing, all kinds of stuff, DFS, yada, yada. We will see you guys next time on Ship Chasing. Good luck in week 11. Mm-hmm.